Gun Sports Radio is sponsored by Love Radio Network. Welcome to Gun Sports Radio, all about shooting, hunting, self-defense, and more. Now, here are the hosts of Gun Sports Radio, Dave Stahl and Lance Pelkey. Good afternoon, San Diego. Welcome to Gun Sports Radio, your only radio show in Southern California dedicated to the Second Amendment and shooting sports. Let's make shooting fun again. The show is brought to you by our good friends at the Gun Range San Diego. Uh, go see the fine folks at the Gun Range San Diego, located at 7853 Balboa Avenue, San Diego, California. Uh, they're open 10 to 10 every day. Check them out online at www.thegunrangesandiego.com. My name is Michael Schwartz. I'm the Executive Director of San Diego County Gun Owners Pack. I'm joined today by... Joe Dramisi, who competes with firearms for fun and is a board member of San Diego County Gun Owners. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm great. Happy to be here. Fantastic. Fantastic. We're also joined by Jason from the Gun Range San Diego. How are you? Doing all right. How are you? Fantastic. We're going to talk more about the Gun Range San Diego and some really exciting offers they have coming up. Um, so appreciate you guys being here. Uh, we're also a little bit later going to have uh, Dave Myers in the studio. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. He's running for sheriff of San Diego County. Um, so, uh, as you heard, uh, Dave and Lance and Joe are all out today, um, on assignment, uh, and they, uh, they, uh, left us the keys. So we're taking over the radio and we're going to do everything uh, we can to entertain and, uh, get, get you some good information. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is San Diego County gun owners has been working from our very inception, uh, to, expand the right to keep and bear arms and part of that right to keep and bear arms or at least to uh, bear arms is uh, ccws carry concealed weapon permits which are exceedingly difficult to get in the uh, county of san diego Um, but what we're hearing is that uh, over the last two years uh, as hard as we've been working on the ccw issue is that the current sheriff sheriff gore is uh, actually looking to loosen up uh, some of his restrictions and requirements now we don't know that for sure this is all just uh, information that's been reported to us and things that the sheriff has said. Um, so uh, we want to ask you folks out there um, to do some things for us. Uh, what we're asking you to do to help us is to, number one, go to the sheriff's website under the CCW section and call the number and make an appointment. So if you just do a Google search for uh, for uh, San Diego County CCW um, and sheriff, uh, it, it'll pull up his website and just just kind of read it over joe have, have you read the website there you i think you just recently sub- submitted an application or preparing to correct yes i have yeah hopefully i'll get my application in this week so i have i have taken a look at it okay cool and and so it's got the uh, a little bit of information so read it over um it's got the application so you know print, print that out with as much information as you possibly can um but most important call the number on that website and make an appointment Throw out everything you think you know about CCWs in San Diego because we've all we all know it's near impossible. But like again, we're hearing that uh, the work that San Diego County gun owners and, and others have done is uh, starting to make them judge or budge. So number two, make a list of circumstances where you might need a CCW. Maybe it's your job. Maybe you carry a lot of expensive equipment with you on on the job or, or deal with dangerous people, something like that. Maybe you camp or hike a lot where there's no law enforcement. But sit down and brainstorm and try to think up some creative ways uh, to explain uh, different scenarios or situations where you may need a uh, concealed carry permit. Joe, what are some of the situations that, that you thought about when you were 
filling out your application, Joe. Um, some of the things that, that I thought about, uh, I do frequently hike in the backcountry. I think from from the days before when I used to do a lot of search and rescue, I found a lot of places that I like to hike in. And because of the kind of work I do, I'm off during the week a lot. So a lot of my hiking is during the week. A lot of my friends aren't available during the week. So I'm hiking by myself in some fairly remote areas a lot of the time. So that that's one um, one aspect of it. Now, Jason, when working at the gun range San Diego, do you run into a lot of people that have CCWs? Never, almost never. <laughs> it's pretty rare, right? Very rare. Yeah, Very rare. yeah. You have to be a, be a peace officer. I, you- I'm, I'm, I'm the sales manager. I've been in guns almost eight years. I'm not allowed to get one. Yeah, it's it's been pretty difficult. But again, throw out everything we think we know about CCWs in San Diego, because what we're hearing is that even if you're uh, employed. Uh, in a job where you work with equipment or expensive equipment or something like that, or you're a, a contractor, or even if you work for somebody that uh, that uh, has you working around expensive equipment, uh, you know something like that, uh, they're no longer requiring uh, a letter from your employer, for example. This is the feedback we're getting from people. We don't know this is for a fact. Or um, people have uh, had to supply three and four months of bank statements showing cash deposits and withdrawals. We're showing that that no longer is, is or we're appearing that that no longer is something that, that they require, but we don't know that for a fact. So step two, we're asking you to make up a list of things uh, or scenarios where you would need a CCW uh, and take it down to the uh, Sheriff's Department. So so first, go to the website, make an appointment. Second, make up a list of circumstances where you may need a CCW. And then third, go to the appointment and be very, very polite with the clerks. Remember, these clerks, are uh, they don't make policy. They're just there to help you. Uh, so, you know, dress up, be polite, be nice, uh, tell them a little joke, um, and uh, ask for their help. You know, they're just following orders, right? They don't have any, any, poli- uh, any power to change the policy. And ask them which reasons you should include. Um, so, you know, you come up with this list, you got four or five things, um, Ask them, okay, which of these four or five things uh, is best for a good cause uh, statement? And whatever happens, good, bad, whatever happens, uh, report back to us. Because, unfortunately, there just isn't any clear instruction on this. So we're looking to be able to give people better guidance. You know, if there is a a legitimate real change, then, hey, we want to be able to give them better guidance. If it is just, you know, election year um, talk, then we want to be able to tell people that too, because, uh, you know, it's important to know. Um, so that's why we're asking you to do this. Uh, San Diego County gun owners have been working on this issue literally since the inception. And we're being told by the sheriff that he wants to make changes. Uh, so, uh, you know, should we believe him? You know, what do you guys think? Should we believe Sheriff Gore that he wants to make, he wants to start issuing and make changes? I would like to believe that, but you know, seeing is believing. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, and one of the reasons too, I think the you know the policy that the sheriff Gore is promoting here in San Diego is really out of step with what's happening around the rest of the country, and um, you know, and this has been changing pretty significantly over what the last fifteen years or so. Yeah, I mean, currently there's um, I think a little over sixteen million concealed carry holders, private citizens that that um, carry concealed across the country. And, uh, you know, that comes out to about six, I think it's 6.4% of the adult population in the country. If you look at what it is in San Diego, it's drastically lower than that. It's um, word about, uh, I think Sheriff Gore said about 1,500 uh, permits um, for our population here in San Diego should be about 100 times that, should be about 150,000. 
and you actually wrote an article on this, which which I want to I want to get into in depth mm-hmm. a little bit later. But uh, the numbers really are staggering. Um, and and he he actually Sheriff Gore when he talks to groups, you know, political groups, that sort of thing, and talks about his reelection and talks about what he's done in office. Uh, he 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 says all the time, hey. This is the policy that's been around for 30 years. And my reaction to that is, yeah, it's way outdated. <laughs> you know, the whole world has changed in the last 30 years, uh, starting really with, with Florida. Was, is, that, is that in your research, is that what you found, that Florida seemed to be the first state to really come out? Yeah, the, two, the states that have the most um, uh, CCW holders are Florida and Texas, mainly because they started before everybody else. And um, there's a lot of data and a lot of research now on, um, you know, what's been going on in those states. In Florida, for instance, um, they've discovered – because one of the one of the complaints is, okay, if, if uh, private citizens um, have uh, firearms like that, there's going to be lots of problems. There will be more shootings, more crime, stuff like that. And that's not the case at all. And, it's turned um, out to be the opposite. Well, they, they did a study in Florida, and it turns out that concealed carry permit holders are convicted of crimes at about one-sixth the rate of uh, police officers who are in turn convicted of crimes at a much, much, much lower rate than the general population. So as a whole, concealed permit holders are a pretty law-abiding bunch of people. Yeah, and that's proven to be the case not just nationwide but also across the state of California. In fact, we've talked a lot about how Orange County, um, went for, in about five years' time, went from about 900 CCWs issued up to, uh, they're over 12,000 now. I think they're over 13,000 issued. But it's not really about the number. Um, that's not our concern. I mean, it's really everybody's choice of whether they want to be able to protect themselves outside of the home or not. It's really about the policy, and we want to make sure that he has a clear, concise policy that people can understand and follow. So we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to attorney John Dillon, and he's going to have a fantastic update for us. Thank you so much for listening. All right, welcome back to the segment brought to you by Trident Gunsmithing. Check out Trident Gunsmithing at www.tridentgunsmithing.com. Trident doesn't just do gunsmithing. They're a full-service shop in the Miramar area. They're run by Dan, who's a former SEAL, and Juan, a Marine, uh, both outstanding guys. And this month, we're actually having our monthly meeting at Trident Gunsmithing. So San Diego County Gun Owners, uh, we're going to have our monthly meeting at Trident Gunsmithing in the Miramar area. Uh, So come out to our meeting at Trident on November 14th in the evening at 6 p.m. The meeting actually starts at 6.30, but come early for the food and the shopping and to meet some people. Uh, Trident Gunsmithing for all your firearms and gunsmithing needs. Uh, so on the line, we have John Dillon. Uh, John Dillon is San Diego County Gun Owners in-house private counsel because he is the legal expert in San Diego when it comes to California and local firearms law. He's an attorney with Gatsky Dillon and Balance and can be found at www.cafirearmslaw.com. John, are you there? Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I actually was able to catch the last party, uh, you and Joe's conversation regarding CCWs, and uh, I wanted to throw in real quick that, you know, uh, D.C., they they also had this good cause requirement that uh, Sheriff Gore has been using the last couple of years, or for the last 30 years, as you put it. Washington, D.C.? They actually won. Yeah, they actually won in the courts saying that, you know, the good cause requirement was on, unconstitutional. 
the latest thing that happened with that case is that uh, the government decided not to appeal it. So that's the law now over there. So they can't have this, you know, ambiguous good cause. And, uh, you know, that sets a really good precedent uh, for, you know, Second Amendment challenges and CCW uh, arguments uh, basically saying that this good cause requirement, the unknown, undefined good cause requirement. So there are, is, uh, there are nine, uh, uh, nine sections of the federal uh, court system. We're in the Ninth Circuit. Uh, Washington D.C. Are they? Is that the what? Is that the fourth? I believe so. So they're in the fourth. So now, yeah. it, and I've been curious about this. So now we have a split. We have the fourth uh, district saying, "Oh yeah, you know, you you have to issue. It's a constitutional right." But then the most recent uh, decision in the ninth was that there is no constitutionally protected right to concealed carry. So what's now? What? What? What's? What do you think the a likely pathway is? Well, the funny thing is, the timing of this is kind of uh, unfortunate because we we had a uh, the case of Peruta that applied to be heard in front of the U.S. Supreme Court on this exact issue, and it actually got rejected from the courts. And uh, the people that have been really following it, they'll know this, but there was extraordinarily strong dissent uh, from two of the justices uh, when they decided not to take the Peruta case because there has been such a split amongst the circuit courts when it came to this good cause standard in CCW. And, you know, D.C., that decision just adds another level of, you know, these split decisions. Uh, basically, Pruda should have been taken by Supreme Court. It, it was, uh, you know, a joke that they didn't take it. It was 100% ready and ripe. Uh, and, you know, you can check out the dissent in that decision to reject the case it highlights it beautifully it's a really strong dissent but written again, by you know, written by the the newest justice uh, gorsuch too right gorsuch yes he's, he's a part of that dissent. uh so you know it does set it up there's now another uh court that's deciding you know a different way until we have more uh, of a split decision amongst the courts. so you know it's still possible that uh you know, eventually the Supreme Court can hear it. And the way these courts are, you know, taking their sides and, uh, you know, falling on either side of this argument, uh, it's likely going to be up in front of them again. And the Supreme Court really can't, uh, you know, put off taking a Second Amendment case too much longer. They're, they're kind of, they're starting to stack up uh, in front of them. But uh, kind of, you know, on that same level, the one uh legal update I wanted to bring up to you guys is, you know, amicus briefs were just filed recently in support of the Sylvester B. Uh, v. Becerra petition for writ of certiorari. I know I threw a lot of words at you, but basically uh, the amicus briefs are the, it's all Latin friend of the court briefs. Yeah, it's Latin. Uh, it means friend of the court. And basically the they have just been filed in support of the Petitioner uh, Sylvester, this case is a Second Amendment challenge to California's 10-day waiting period law. So to you know, circle around here, the 10-day waiting period requirement is when you go to buy a firearm in California, you do the background check, Federal 4473, the California DROS, uh, regardless of whether or not you pass that background check immediately, there's a 10-day cooling off period that California mandates where you cannot 
take your gun home and you uh, and you can't walk out the store with your gun until after 10 days have passed. Uh, the argument that the state uses for that is, oh, it prevents people from, you know, uh, finding their wife or husband sleeping with someone else at their home, running down to the gun shop, buying a gun and shooting, uh, you know, their spouse or the other in a heat of passion, that kind of thing. Um, now, Sylvester, the case, they uh, challenged this law on a very specific ground, stating that people who already own guns, so I already own a firearm, uh, or people that have a CCW, the permit to carry a concealed firearm, so not only do they have a gun, but they're licensed to carry that gun wherever they go. Those two sets of people, if they pass a background check immediately, the 10-day wait shouldn't apply. So, And if you think about it logically, if I'm a CCW holder, I have a gun on my hip, I go into a store to buy a gun, and I pass the background check immediately, what use is it to wait 10 days? I have a gun on my hip. If there was really an issue of a heat of passion uh, circumstance, why wouldn't the person who has a CCW, aren't they just going to use the gun that they already have? Now, usually uh, gun laws... Down and buying a new gun. Yeah, usually yeah. gun laws in California make a whole lot of sense. This one sounds like it might actually be a little ridiculous, don't you? Yeah, you know, uh, so the logic and the rationale regarding this law is seriously flawed. And so the Sylvester case challenges that. And it, it challenges it on a very rational basis. It's like, look, if I already have a gun and I immediately pass a background check, why do I have to wait? If it's a cooling off period, well, that's only a case if, you know, I don't have a firearm already and I'm in the heat of passion. You know, if you're in the heat of passion and you have a gun, you know, and you're going to do bad things, you're going to do that regardless of whether or not you have to wait 10 days because you already have the weapon you're going to use if you're going to do that. Right, and now so, the, 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 uh, the... That's why they challenged it. Now, the plaintiff uh, on this is Firearms Policy Coalition, is that right? Yeah, so Firearms Policy Coalition, uh, they've taken this on. They're, they're a great organization that's working really hard on uh, a lot of litigation in California regarding the Second Amendment. These guys, uh, you know, they truly know what they're doing, and their heart's in the right place. These are Second Amendment supporters down to the core. And and so, if they uh, win, if if they win, and if they're successful in this case, that means uh, we think what it would mean is that if you own a firearm, then you no longer would have to go through a ten day uh, wait period. Is that is that correct? Well, yeah. So the the one caveat to that is. When you do the background check, sometimes people pass it immediately. It's an instant background check that can be done, uh, you know, within five minutes. Some people it takes an hour. Some people it takes a day. So uh, basically, if you have a gun and then, you know, you go through the background check and let's say you either pass it right then on the spot or you pass it the next day, uh, you'd be, then be able to get your gun that next day instead of waiting the whole 10 days. Interesting. So... It would significantly shorten the waiting times for people that already have guns that are already licensed beyond you know ordinary citizens. So, and I know a lot of people uh, might hear a lawsuit like this and think, "Well, gee, that's not going to solve all my problems all at once." Um, but the reality is, it took us you know a good generation, took us a good thirty years to get to where we are now. Um, thirty years ago, California mm-hmm. wasn't a horrible place for gun owners to, to live. They weren't stepping all over our Second Amendment rights. But they took, you know, little yeah, steps exactly. here and there, little baby steps in this direction, and next thing you know, we have a whole avalanche of ridiculous gun laws. So this is another way to start, you know, peeling that back and, and uh, you know, setting a precedent that's pro-Second Amendment. 
Yeah, and you nailed it. Uh, these gun control laws have been slowly being implemented over a very long period of time. And, you know, inch by inch, they, you know, take away and chip away at the right to keep and bear arms, the right to have a gun. Uh, and so, in or- you know, a lot of people, they want, you know, one court case that will just turn everything around and invalidate all these laws. Well, that's highly unlikely to get to happen, you know. Unfortunately, you know, we're going to have to do the long-haul process of chipping back, slowly chipping away at the gun control laws, and that's going to take a lot of time, effort, and attention of not only organizations like Firearms Policy Coalition, San Diego County Gun Owners, but just individual gun owners in California. You guys got to really pay attention uh, to these laws, to the challenges of these laws, and support them in any way you can. Because the only way is a concentrated, long-term effort to overturn all this stuff. Perfect. And one, so, one more question. Uh, these, Going back to the, yeah. the CCW, the, the split in the courts, does that mean that there would have to be another case, uh, a pro-concealed uh, carry case? Or is there is, is, is reviving Peruta a realistic expectation, or is it, would it be under another CCW-involved case? You know, uh, honestly, I think there's enough, uh, there's enough states in this country that, you know, have either used this good cause standard or don't use this good cause standard, and it's becoming more of a popular issue to be litigated. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, another state, you know, went through the process of going through the courts and brought this challenge up. And But, uh, yeah, Peruta is pretty me. much done. It's that's it's ran yeah. its course. It's it's gone. Thank you, but um, but that that's it for yeah, Peruta, yeah. right? Yeah, I would think so. So uh, we're going to have to wait, but to be honest, I don't think we're going to have to wait that long. This is a you know a you know a hot subject when it comes to Second Amendment challenges. It's something that you know we have shown we can win on. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, such as Pruda, it's been lost, but there's other cases in other states where hey, they've won it, and it's you know a good decision. And so it can be. I, I think it'll be revived. Uh, you know fairly shortly when we're talking about legal terms. And the 10-day wait uh, case, the Sylvester case, where would people go to find more information on that if they want to follow it? Well, I know that Firearms Policy Coalition, they do a really great job of uh, you know updating people on their uh, their cases that they're involved in. So uh, yeah. firearmspolicycoalition.org, I believe it is. Yeah, get on their email list. They do a really great job of informing people. Yeah, and they're up to date. They they give you information about the cases, so it really helps. So you can really follow along and read the actual documents. Uh, they're really good about showing you exactly what's going on, and I think that's something that a lot of other organizations lack. You know, uh, people aren't able to read the briefs and read what's being filed and read what's being obtained from the government. You know, Fires Policy Coalition they do that, and that's a really cool thing, and it helps a lot. Especially cool. for people trying to really understand what's going on. Good info. John, thank you so much for being a huge supporter of San Diego County Gun Owners. Thank you so much for all you do. No if you could, let everybody know, how do they find you? What's your website? Yeah, the website is cafirearmslaw.com. That's cafirearmslaw.com. Yeah, we're in Austin. This is in Carlsbad, California. You can call us at 760-431-9501. Just ask for John. Fantastic. Okay, next segment, we're going to talk to Jason from the Gun Range San Diego and hear about all the cool deals that are coming up and continue the discussion. So join us back here at Gun Sports Radio. Thank you very much.
Sports Radio. Uh, this segment is sponsored by the fantastic people at the Gun Range San Diego. Gun Range San Diego is located at 7853 Balboa Avenue in beautiful San Diego. They're open from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week. Definitely check them out online. Their website, www.thegunrangesandiego.com. And we're here with Jason from the Gun Range San Diego. And Jason, you are the... I'm the sales manager. Fantastic. The sales manager from the Gun Range San Diego. And how long have you been working for him? Working for him a little more than two years now. Oh, excellent. Very, very cool. And every year, right around this time, you guys have this really right. cool program called the, the 12 Weeks of Christmas. Is that what it is? It's the 12 Guns of Christmas. 12 Guns of Christmas. That's right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we're currently running our 12 Guns of Christmas sale, where a different gun every week goes on sale for a great price. It's fun for everybody. This week's deal is the OD Green, that's Olive Drab, Glock 19, which is currently priced at four ninety nine instead of the normal retail price of five ninety nine. Oh, wow. four ninety nine for a Glock 19 for is Glock fantastic. 19, yeah, it's, it's a limited run, this Olive Drab color. It's great. They're always, they always fly off the shelf first, so that's the one you want to grab. Wow, very, very cool. All right, cool. What else do you have going on? I, I know you guys are opening up a classroom. That's which, right. Which we're... I'm I'm really excited about that. Oh, I am too. Um, the Gun Range San Diego, such a fantastic shop, such a fantastic range. Um, employees, Veronica, everybody is so wonderful down there, and I'm really excited that you guys are going to have uh, more classroom and meeting space uh, so that we can start having our meetings there and we can start having mm-hmm. more classes and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, I'm excited about it. How's the progress on that? Well, it's great. We just got that brand-new classroom on the building adjacent to ours. Uh, John Groff, an instructor who's been, spent years in this game, is now accepting CCW appointments. And this is for training, education. Uh, these classes are small and focused. The, the, you can have private classes. Those are available as well if you need it. Um, it's, it's great. John Groff's been doing it a long time. And is it just California CCWs, or does he do? This is special, yeah, specializing in California CCWs. Nice. Very, very cool. Uh, yeah. And what other classes are you guys looking to uh uh, to start hosting with the additional classroom space. Well, with that, we also have our, our instructor who's, uh, who's already been with us for a while now, Manny Mendoza. He's a, he's a 20-year-plus retired uh, Chula Vista police officer, SWAT officer, and he offers uh, you know general education, general uh, firearms training in handguns, pistols, and rifles. Wow, very cool. Yeah, Manny's the best. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Manny's the best. You guys also have uh, Wendy, too, right? Yeah, we do have, we do have Wendy. Yep, she she's an instructor, and she uh, actually hosts the uh, the Well Armed Woman, which is a uh, shooting group just 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 for women, and they do all kinds of really cool things. They teach uh, new shooters, um, uh, especially women. Uh, San Diego County Gun Owners is, does a minor sponsorship of them to make sure that they have enough ammunition to teach new shooters and that sort of thing, and they uh, get all the instruction and everything uh, for uh, especially uh, women new shooters. But it's a really really cool group. They meet once a month at your range. Uh, at the gun range san diego and again wendy's a fantastic instructor um you know and uh you guys are just doing a great job at the the gun range san diego well thank you yeah concealed carry weapons permits a great responsibility and you know you really need the training to back that certificate uh the gun range can provide training tailored to each individual if necessary and it's our way of providing a service to san diego to our community very cool joe you ever been to the gun range san diego uh yes i have yeah it's a nice new beautiful facility it is. It's a fun place to shoot. Yeah. You, you, uh, are you a member there? No, a friend of mine is a member there. So a friend that uh, I'd actually ran into, um, I see him about once a year, I think, because of, uh, you know, we've worked together years ago and we, we tend to run into each other once a year. And I didn't even know he was a, um, a uh, gun enthusiast. 
And then we started talking, and he was telling me he shoots, and then he is a member there. So uh, that's how I saw it. Oh, nice. Now, Jay, what about how, tell us about the memberships for for the gun range, San Diego? Well, there are different levels. There's the bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. You know, each level will give you a you get free range access for the year, and depending on how high you go, uh, you get additional benefits. You get uh, two free gun cleanings a month, for instance, for the gold membership, which is huge. That's a big deal. So, how does that work? So, let's say I get a, what's the minimum membership to get a gun cleaning? Well, that's the that's the gold membership. The gold member. Okay, so that's if right. I be, come in and, and I'm a gold member. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want my guns clean to to a month. How does that work? Do I just bring them down and drop them off, or what? What's the process there? Well, we run through this every day. Uh, a lot of gold members, a lot of a lot of a lot of gold members here. Uh, they'll, they'll they'll shoot and they'll drop off, you know, one or both of their guns to clean. And uh, after just a couple of days, we give them a call, and they're nice and shiny, ready to pick up. <laughs> nice That's and shiny. It. I like that. So okay, so you leave them for about it takes about a yeah, it takes a couple, you know, two three days depending on how busy we are and how big the workload is. Now, I, I got to tell you, I used to actually get a kick out of cleaning my guns. I used to, you know, like once every couple months, mm-hmm. I'd break them all out and clean them or whatever. And I'd get, I, it's that that wore off about 10 years yeah. ago. <laughs> and once you're talking about cleaning AR-15s, you know, things like that, then it starts to get a little old. And yeah. We're here for that. Every once in a while, my wife really, uh, she uh, she starts to nag me and say, hey, I haven't smelled hoppies in a long time. Can you please <laughs> clean the gut? No, I'm kidding. This stuff so, smells horrible. Nobody wants that smell in their house. And oh, my gosh. No. Um, so it's, it's way better. All right. So your gold member, you get two free gun cleanings a month. Um, what else comes with a gold membership? Well, you get, the regular, uh, you get the regular free access. You actually get to bring a guest for free every time you visit. You also get free basic rentals. Oh, wow. And you guys have a huge fleet of rentals. We have a, we have a very wide array of, of pistols to rent, a uh, decent amount of shotguns, a lot of rifles, exotic rifles like a, like an FN Scar, uh, Bushmaster ACR, things like that. Tavor, I think you guys had a, had a Tavor for oh, a yeah, while? yeah, we have a Tavor X95 now. It's a great, great Israeli rifle. Yeah, and Tavor and a KSG shotgun. And right, the KSG. All kinds of cool stuff. The best part, you know, the I think the big uh, hurdle sometimes for people buying guns is that they've never tried it. You know, they don't know if they're going to like it until they shoot it. And I think that's one of the big advantages of uh, having a nice big fleet like that is being able to try guns before you buy them. Right. Uh, that's, 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 once you buy it's like, you know, it's like buying a car without driving it, you know. Right. You're once, not gonna, you know. once you get it off the lot, that's it. There's no change in your mind. Right. So that's how much does a gold uh, membership cost? You know what? We act- or- yeah, the gold membership price, you know, we, we just took it up just a little tiny bit. It's uh let's see, it's about it's about four ninety nine. Excellent. That's fantastic. Okay, so then that and that you get the unlimited shooting, well, you get a guest, you get gun cleaning, you get all kinds of cool uh, advantages. That's fantastic. That's right. That's fantastic. Now tell us a little bit about the silver. The silver is just a little bit less than the gold, uh, about a hundred less, and you uh, you get uh, you get half off for a guest. Yeah. And you know it's really the same thing, just without the cleanings that come with the gold, and you get you get half off a guest, wow. uh, a guest to visit every every time you come. Okay, cool. Now, how many? Do you have any idea how many members you guys have? You know, we we have at least at least a couple hundred. At least a couple hundred. Yeah, we, I mean, you guys are I've seen every day, every Friday, day Saturdays. Time. I mean, you guys are uh, have a nice stream of people going through the gun range, San Diego. Oh yeah. And what are you seeing? What are, what are people? A lot buying? of a lot of well, a lot of foreigners come in. We're, we're a great hotspot for. Uh, for for foreigners actually, um, like here on vacation. Oh yeah, people from Europe. Usually people from Europe or or, or Asia. A huge tourist attraction, which is amazing. You know, I actually went to uh, I went to high school in Hawaii, and we had there was a gun range in Hawaii, right in Waikiki, 
Um, and they, they had a bunch of different guns like Uzis and all these different, they look like machine guns, mm-hmm. but they're all 22 conversions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because Waikiki would get a whole lot of, uh, uh, Japanese tourists mm-hmm. and you can't, you can't own a gun in Japan. So they'd right. come and, and that was like a, a, a part a of their deal. That's a big deal. It's part of their destination. Them. Is that what's going on? So these are yeah, uh, exactly tourists from other countries. They have no right to mm-hmm. keep and bear arms. Right, right. We're talking, you know, Germany, huge, huge. Uh, we probably get more people from, from Germany, France, and, uh, I'd say China and Japan than anybody else. Wow. And they're, they're here numbers. on vacation. They want to enjoy the beach. But one of the things on their, on their mm-hmm. checklist is, hey, I got to go, I got to go see what it, what it's all about for these Americans. Right. You can check out the United States of America. You got to shoot a gun, got to eat a cheeseburger in and out down the street. You know? <laughs> so what's, uh, what's their reaction typically? You know, they love them. You know, at first a lot of them are, you know, you know, understandably unnerved at the idea. You know, these are countries whose, whose police don't even carry what firearms, you know, oh. typically. Um, they'll go in, they'll fire, and then they'll come out with the biggest grin you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, they'll take pictures. They had, they'll talk about how they had a good time. They often want to ask about the gun laws and you know how it works. And you know you, you kind of have to explain to them that the the media really does kind of blow it out of proportion often. Yeah. Um, you know, explain that there is a background check. You can't just you, know, you can't typically just take it home right away. You know, right. right here. Uh, but yeah, things like that. Yeah. Cool. And they so they uh, but it's all smiles. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which is quite one thing I, I say pretty often is the one advantage our side has is it's a lot more fun to shoot a gun than it is to ban it. Yeah, so yeah, sure. The more is. people we get shooting, uh, you know, the more success we're going to have. Um, so, uh, all right, let's say somebody goes into the gun range, San Diego, and they've never shot before, whether they're a tourist or, or not. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never shot before, or maybe they just aren't experienced. Uh, what, what's the process, or what, what, what do you guys have to offer them? Well, we have, we have range safety officers out on the range to, uh, to kind of help them out. And these are people who, you know, who have never seen a gun before in real life, you know, unless they've been in the military in that country. Yeah. Uh, we help them out. We help them the loading, the safe handling, of course, before they typically before they even go in, we'll kind of go over, you know, this isn't a toy. You, you do have to you know, do not point this at anybody. Sure. Uh, well, you know, the, the general safety rules like that, show them how to load it. And then once they take off the first, second magazine, uh, they're they've hit it out of the park. They're having fun. Wow. And that and that's something you guys do for anybody. That's right, everybody. It, yeah, anybody that comes in and says, "Hey, I'm not really experienced. Mm-hmm. I want to try, or I want to try a particular firearm that you guys have in your in your fleet." Uh, I actually went down and checked out a KSG shotgun. I've mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely fallen in love with shotgun. a KSG shotgun. I uh, have a little bit of a of a crush on a KSG, uh, just in case Santa Claus is listening out yeah. there. <laughs> so, and I went down and tried it out, and yeah, your your range safety officers were uh, extremely friendly and helpful. And, uh, you know, that's not a service that costs any extra money. Um, it's oh, just how friendly and nice you guys are down at the gun range San Diego. Yeah, that is a, re- that's a regular service you get with, with your lane fee. That's awesome. Well, very cool. So when it, now when are you guys going to announce the next uh, of the 12 guns of Christmas? Well, we'll be announcing it Monday or Tuesday. It'll go through on, uh, on our Facebook page, our Twitter account. And uh, you can always give us a call, too, at 858-573-1911. If you'd like to ask someone in person. Okay, fantastic. So go down to the gun range, San Diego, on Balboa, either Monday or go Tuesday. Go Tuesday um, and uh, find out what the uh, next of the 12 guns of Christmas is and shoot and buy some ammo and say hi to Jason and, and have a whole lot of fun, right? Yep, it'll be a lot of fun. Fantastic. Thank you. The Gun Range San Diego on 7853 Balboa Avenue in beautiful San Diego. Open from 10 to 10 every day. Check them out online, www.thegunrangesandiego.com.
everybody. Welcome back to... <laughs> I almost said the Gun Range San Diego. Welcome back to Gun Sports Radio. This is Michael Schwartz from San Diego County Gun Owners. And I'm here with Jason from the Gun Range San Diego and Joe, who is one of our board members for San Diego County Gun Owners. And Joe did something really, really interesting recently. Um, he uh, suggested, you know, San Diego County Gun Owners, in a way uh, to reach out to our members and to reach out to the general public, um, we should start a, a blog on the website. And uh, Joe, talk a little bit about that. What, what brought you to that decision? Yeah, with the um, well, a lot of these guys, you know, Michael, and um, when you hear Joe on here every week, and and some of the others in the Lance have been with guns forever. I'm I'm relatively new to it; only the last couple of years, I'm back into it. And one of the things that I found uh, getting back into it is a lot of the things that that I thought were true or I thought I knew turned out to be just incorrect. There's um, just a tremendous amount of information out there, and I think that's part of the problem we have is. People want to make good decisions, but you get a lot of misinformation through the media and through other places. And um, one of the things I wanted to do was is try to bring good information or accurate information out to people. So I thought the blog is a good place to start because, um, you know, we try to write articles uh, weekly on different subjects uh, related to the gun community and things that we do. And um, I thought that'd be a good way to uh, to get people correct information, accurate information, so they can make good decisions about these issues. And you've you've been doing a fantastic job. I mean, it's about been about a, about a blog a week or so, or, or maybe uh, maybe about a blog every two weeks, something like that. Yeah, we've been uh, pretty good. About a blog a week. We've yeah. had some contributions from some other board members. Um, starting to get some of the um, local uh, vendors involved in it. We had uh, a nice piece from uh, Savannah over across Armory. Yep. Uh, wrote on the ammunition laws coming around. So um, you know, from the from the seller's point of view. So, uh, so we're we're starting to get up and running pretty well. And I, I honestly wasn't all that familiar with with uh, with blogs. I hadn't really followed blogs or read blogs or anything. I didn't really understand what if I sound like a, like a, like my dad. Like I don't know what these confounded kids are doing these days with their silly blogs. But the cool thing I've learned to like about blogs a lot is it's a, it's a small bite. You know, yes. it's not a big, long, in-depth article. <laughs> That's it's, right, a short article for people that don't want to read long articles. Right? Yeah, but it's, it's some really good, like, hey, here's a little bit of information, um, you know, that you need to know. Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, it takes you about a, about a minute and a half to read the article. For example, one of the ones that you wrote on uh, is uh, Sheriff Gore um, and his uh, CCW uh, permits and actually talked about the numbers. There was recently at a at – a, um, in front of a political organization, he talked a little bit about the numbers of CCWs issued, and, and you really shined some light on the real numbers there. Well, and that was one of the things. Yeah, I saw um, he spoke to um, was a Latino organization, a political organization. And, yeah, Latino uh, American Political Association. And someone had, you know, made a little video of it, and I was watching the video, and uh, it struck me, you know, Sheriff Gore was, was kind of proud of the 1,500 uh, CCW permits that we have in the county. And I was thinking, okay, well, that, that number by itself, I, I don't know what that means really. I mean, I, I know it's, it's probably very low, but I really didn't know. So I researched it a little bit. And when you start looking at the trends around the country and, you know, what the numbers really should be, it, it's, really, um, it's really enlightening. So we uh, wrote a little bit about that or wrote a piece about that. And we were mentioning a little bit earlier around the country um, – this has been a growing trend over the last probably 15 years or so, but there's about 16, a little over 16 million um, private citizens that own concealed carry uh, permits around the country. 
And that works out to about 6.4% of the adult population in the country. So I was thinking, okay, well, if, if that's what it is around the country, then what should it be in San Diego if we were, you know, in line with the rest of the country? And um, San Diego having about 3.4 million residents in the county, probably two and a half million adults, we should probably have, if we had 6% here, probably about 150,000 or so um, concealed wow. carry holders. So 1,500 really in that light doesn't mean a Not whole lot. Not impressive. Doesn't mean a whole lot at all, right? Um, now, also in the studio, he he just came. He was just fresh off a, a um, an event uh, uh, supporting his campaign. Uh, Dave Myers, who is a 32-year law enforcement veteran with the San Diego Sheriff's Department, and he's a candidate for San Diego County Sheriff. Now, the election's in June, and Dave's the only candidate running against Gore. Uh, so we wanted to have him come in and talk a little bit about this, and I, I think it's, it's perfect that he came in r- right now about, uh, you know, during the CCW section. Um, what are your thoughts on those numbers? Well, I think it gets down to law-abiding citizens and the right for law-abiding citizens under the Second Amendment who the sheriff should recognize that personal protection is, in fact, good cause, and you don't need to go to some tortured lengths to prove the fact that you're a law-abiding citizen and that you do, in fact, want a CCW for personal protection. And for some reason, he is extremely reluctant to recognize that the law-abiding citizens in this county are not the ones we should fear, that they are applying for a CCW for a reason. The sheriff is obligated under the law as the chief law enforcement officer to, in fact, enforce the law, not try and create some tortured logic behind denying law enforcement or law-abiding citizens the right, their rights under the law. Yeah. Now, in, in your career, again, you've been with the department 32 years, right? Yes. 32 years, and you're a commander. Yes. Um, which is about as high as it gets, right, in the sheriff's department. Correct. Um, so in, in your, in your, uh, during your career, have you, have you talked to him about that, or has there been discussions before, before the election year on uh, uh, CCW and why he won't issue? There have been a lot of internal discussions and a lot of internal, mostly surrounded policy and how can we be more transparent and – um, from my level, there's two more levels above me, and then that discussion seems to die on the vine, and it does not get implemented, it is not followed through, and then we're stuck with what we see today. And my thought on that is there just hasn't been enough pressure. You know, if if he, if, if he talks about changing policy and no one, you know, no one cares, you know, if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, you know, does it make a sound? I, I think that there just hasn't really been enough pressure from uh, from his neighbors, from the people that he uh, he meets with when he when he goes to different events and that sort of thing. Do, how, how do you feel about that kind of pressure being, uh, you know, put on an elected official? Well, there's enough pressure put, being put on him right now because I'm running against him. There you go. And that pressure is become very very obvious to where he is now very very threatened by the fact that somebody now is speaking up not only on the issues of CCWs and his lack of leadership there, but across the board. And that pressure from internally, from me running against him, has created a situation where now he's trying to marginalize, he's trying to silence, he's trying to cast aside the person that is bringing that pressure. And right now, it's another candidate that there is a true path to victory to actually bring about change within the Sheriff's Department where law-abiding citizens can be now recognized for the fact that they want a CCW. Now, Joe, the most recent blog that you did 
um, was on the Luby's massacre in Texas, which happened in 1991. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that was a, um, again, it's an interesting story, and it was about the 25-year anniversary here in October of that. So, um, you know, I had read um, her book, one of the, the, the story, um, you should read the blog here. It's a good article. <laughs> but um, the uh, the story is that there was a, a shooting, a, um, a madman essentially drove his truck through the um, front window of a Luby's restaurant in Colleen, Texas, and uh, drove the truck through the window into the restaurant, got out of the truck, and began shooting people with uh, two handguns that he had. Uh, the woman that wrote the book that I talk about, uh, Susanna Gracia Hupp, um, was in the restaurant that day with her parents when this guy drove in. And what's interesting about it is uh, she describes how um, being on the floor, crouched on the floor with her parents behind an overturned table, and she had a handgun that someone had given her when she was 21. She learned how to use it, and she'd been carrying it. But at that time in Texas, they did not have uh, concealed carry laws there. So technically, it was illegal. It could be a felony to be carrying a handgun on your person. So she was a uh, chiropractor at the time, and she was fearful of if she got caught doing that, she could lose her license. So a couple of weeks before that happened, she had made the decision to leave the gun in the car. So when this happened in the restaurant, the shooter, when this was going on, was about 12 feet from her. Mm. And she thought, great, I've got him. She reached for her purse, and she realized that she left the gun in the car. So while all this was going on, her father decided that he had to do something. He jumped up and rushed the guy. He was shot immediately. Um, once that happened, another uh, person in the store had or in the restaurant had broken out a window in the back. So... Dr. Hupp grabbed her mom, said, come on, we got to get out of here. And they started running, or she started running. She got out the window, turned around, and realized her mom didn't follow. Her mom had crawled over to where her dad was, and she found out from the police later that the guy just uh, turned to her, put a gun to her mom's head, and killed her. So she lost both her parents in there. And, again, the situation, she had a gun, and she was reluctant. She left it in the car because of the laws. And it turns out uh, there were two other people in there that day that also had done the same thing. Had somebody had a gun in that situation, they may have been able to stop that a lot sooner and saved, you know, 23 people died that day in there. Which is just amazing. And, and so your first blog that we talked about, um, talked a little bit about the numbers, just kind of got down to the numbers of, you know, the 1,500 and, and, you know, 6% and, you know, that sort of thing. But this really talks about the, the philosophy of being able to protect yourself outside of the home. Uh, you know, Dave, uh, you know, when you talk about your CCW policies and what they will be once elected, um, how much does the philosophy of being able to defend your life in a situation like this weigh into your decision? Well, in, in my 32 years, I've had to use my firearm in defense of myself, whereby I've had to shoot somebody. And that's just, uh, it's, it's a tremendous impact on an individual. But it's not my decision to deny somebody a CCW. It's a law-abiding citizen. I put it like this. Look, my mom is fiercely independent. She travels a lot. She wants. She carries a handgun with her. Um, and if she comes in and wants to apply and she could pass the background, then she should be able to carry it. There you go. And I, I very much appreciate your support and bringing it up uh, in your election. And thank you so much for uh, you know, standing tall when it comes to uh, CCWs. So we're going to leave it there and wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank all our sponsors, the Gun Range San Diego on Balboa in beautiful San Diego, 
Trident Gunsmithing, where we'll have our monthly meeting on November 14th at 6 p.m. Check them out at, gun, at tridentgunsmithing.com and John Dillon from Gatsky Dillon and Balance. Thank you all for joining us. Gun Sports Radio is sponsored by Love Radio Network.